The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Koto, you glitch princesses in sequin dresses. How are you doing? I hope you're keeping well. And I hope you enjoyed last weekend's podcast. Not last weekend, last week's podcast. Listening to the podcast again was very enjoyable. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. And some of the ideas Sebastian was bringing up to the table, I think I've finally had the time to digest them, you know, to understand what he's putting across. I mean, when he said humanity is now liquid, but is turning to steam, I shook my head and I was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But over the last fortnight, It has trickled down from my subconscious, like little raindrops. I'm pretty sure what he was thinking about was TikTok. I just wish I wasn't so tired for the recording. Uh, I haven't fallen asleep before in an interview, so that's a first. He wasn't boring. Sebastian wasn't boring. I was just very tired and we recorded it late at night and listened to some very relaxing music. But yeah, Sebastian, such a legend. If you want to have a listen to the interview, I actually just found out my podcast has been hosted by Fresh FM on Spotify. So there you go. Uh, didn't know Fresh FM was doing that. Thank you to those guys. Uh, I always get asked, like, is your podcast on Spotify? And I always thought no, because I hadn't put it up there. Turns out I'm an idiot and Fresh FM has been doing it the whole time, so go check it out and if you like it, give me a review. And it's, I mean, this is an independent podcast that I put out. I work full time and I get a bit of help from Fresh FM because they're legends, so any ratings or anything would be much appreciated. Thank you. (laughs) So, I am currently picking apples at the moment, which is hard work. Should have listened to the people. Everyone told me picking apples was hard, but I refused to believe them. Yeah, you just feel your posture sinking down, your shoulders coming forward. Yeah, it's it's tough on your back and you're up ladders all day, like this heavy pouch on. I don't know. I don't know how people do it. It's tough work. But... I'm working with my mate, and he's from Germany. And he's a, he's a cool guy. He drives around this old 1995 Jeep Cherokee with a roof tent on the top. Now, even though this guy is from Germany, he wears red band gumboots, a bucket hat, reflective shades, 
and drives around in his big 4x4. It's like he's trying to look as Kiwi as possible. And he, to be fair, he's doing a great job. He, he looks very Kiwi. He definitely looks more Kiwi than I do. And we were talking about it the other day, and I was just, you know, thinking, maybe you need one last thing to round off your Kiwi fine. I was thinking that he has got to bring a phrase into his vocabulary and use it in the right moment. Phrase is a little bit dangerous, you know, a little bit risque. So you have to use it in the right place at the right time. Something that is probably trying to be claimed by Australia, you know what Australians are like. But I think it came from right here, of course, Aotearoa. It starts with C and is the root term for female genitalia. I'm talking about c***t, of course. Now, before you think ill of me for using the word, I want to talk about how I think Aotearoa is reclaiming the word c***t. For a while now, Kiwis have been using c***t in a positive way. I would almost say it's a feminist movement. Maybe like a little modern-day Kate Shepard. If you don't know, Kate was the Kiwi woman who gave women the right to vote, was the spearheaded it. And they were the first in the world, which is pretty cool. But maybe, you know, Aotearoa is paving the way with the word The most common phrase is to put good in front of the in this case, the term would be good which is a term of endearment for someone you like. It pretty much means that the person was a bit of a legend, you know. Other such variations include trippy meaning the person that's a little bit far out, but still a nice person, you know, still still like to hang out with them. Or trippy or say a sick Someone who was really freaking cool. They were a sick. Like maybe they did a backflip on a motorcycle or something. Who knows? Now, it sounds like I'm making a bit of a fun of it here, but I generally think that the use of in these examples are a good thing for feminism. But that's my opinion. I could be wrong. <laughs> it is claiming back a female term and reframing it in a positive way. You're putting an adjective, a positive adjective in front of and then putting a positive spin on the word. I think, yeah, it's could be, could be. That's my hot take anyways. The thing is, you, you have to be careful with it. You might scare a few elderly folk or teachers. It's a bit spicy, you know, not not everyone can handle their spice. But if you use it in the right place at the right time, it can expand your vocabulary in like a nice way. Stress the right time and right place thing. <laughs> so coming back to my 
forest green Jeep Cherokee driving German friend. He is yet to wield the power of the It is a great hurdle for him to cross. But I believe he can get there. He is on his way to becoming a good Speaking of good 200 years ago, Bach and Tchaikovsky were pushing classical music to its peak. Classical music is a genre that has been around for ages, but its beauty and complexity continue to captivate audiences to this day. At its core, classical music is based on melody, harmony, rhythm and form. Composers create intricate musical structures by weaving these elements together in ways that evoke different emotions and tell powerful stories. The music, because it, there is often the absence of lyrics, apart from in opera, doesn't have lyrics, so the music becomes more universal in nature. People from different cultures and backgrounds can enjoy and connect with the music on a deeper level as it doesn't rely on language and special cultural references. Secondly, music without lyrics allows listeners to create their own meanings and interpretations of the music. Without words guiding their thoughts, listeners can tap into their own emotions and experiences to connect with the music in a more personal way. That's cool, isn't it? I'm just going to have a sip of my tea. So, this kind of... Without lyrics, it allows the music to reach a larger audience. I believe kind of like when a song has lyrics, it tends to be for a specific scenario. The lyrics can be beautiful, but you know maybe they don't resonate with you. I mean, before I got into electronic music, I was always looking for an artist that sounded like they were singing my thoughts, or someone who had a similar feelings to me, like I could bond with them through their lyrics. The thing is, you might share this with a friend, and they could be like, what is this crock of shite? Whereas with something like classical music, it's up to you to make your own meaning of the song. And this gives it wider appeal. I feel like it's a different kind of connection, you know. With lyrics, you are directly connected to the writer and singer. It feels like a personal relationship, a one-on-one -on -one connection. While with the mass appeal of songs with little or no lyrics, you connect with the other listeners on the dance floor. You are all marching to the same beat. This is the same for much of electronic music as well. Crazy that. And this is not the only thing that is classical, that classical and electronic music have in common. Both genres also often utilize a sense of drama and build-up. For say, say in classical music, composers use the progression of themes 
and the development of melodies to create a sense of tension and release, building to a cinematic moment. Similarly, in electronic music, producers may use filters, modulators, and other effects to gradually build the intensity of a track and create a sense of anticipation before dropping into a powerful chorus or breakdown. And this, yeah, is one kind, one genre of electronic music that really reminds me of I think classical music and the, the, the popular classical music, the build-up, the crescendo, the yeah, the, the similar feeling. You're reaching a climatic moment. One genre in particular reminds me of. And the thing about this genre is it's making a comeback in a big way. It's been kind of underground since the 2010s, but it's popping back and it's back in form. While it may uh, sometimes be disguised as melodic techno, the reality of its name is trance. Trance is back. <laughs> trance music was originally a subgenre of techno and house music, but in Germany it was born in the early 1990s. Shit, I should have actually asked uh, my friend, my Jeep driving friend, German friend, if he likes trance music. Anyways, the term trance was given to this genre as it was believed that the music, the music had a hypnotic quality that put listeners in a trance-like state. Trance music is characterized by its repetitive beats, melodic synthesizer riffs, and use of reverb and delay effects. Trance often builds slowly and gradually, creating a sense of euphoria and emotional release. The birth of trance was closely linked to the rise of rave culture in Europe in the early 1990s. Raves were large, underground dance parties that featured techno and other forms of electronic dance music. And you thought, like me, that maybe trance died in the 2020s, along with bootcut jeans? Let me tell you, there's a resurgence. Trance music has a strong nostalgic appeal for many people who grew up in the 1990s and early 2000s, when the genre was at its peak. As these fans have grown older, they are looking to recapture the feeling of euphoria and emotional release that trance music provided them in their youth. So I might as well play a song then, shouldn't I? Ah, this one's from those days, the 2010s, brings me back to the school bus. Oh, Cambridge High. Um, yeah, on a good day, it's called and it's a beautifully crafted trance track that captures the essence of hope and optimism. The uplifting and melodic composition of the track is simply mesmerizing. With dreamy pads, shimmering arpeggios, 
and a captivating piano melody that will transport you to a world of pure bliss. Oh. still bangs, am I right? You're on Paradise Delay, hosted on Fresh FM. Best, uh, best, best podcast hoster on the planet, I'd say. And, oh, there's an aeroplane. We live next to an airport. Not great for recording. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, Fresh FM, hit them up if you want to make a podcast, they can host yours too, chuck it on Spotify, got a great uh, studio in there to record. If you have a good idea for a podcast, go in and chat with them, they're in Mott, they're in Takaka, they're in Nelson, K 
Because I'm a Google Pressure fan. It's easy. So yeah, great song. Definitely bangs. The thing about it though is there was just so much music coming out that sounded exactly like it. And things that sounded like that started to sound corny or overdone. The movement caught traction in the charts but was kind of stagnant, like a dirty puddle on the side of the road. Kind of like what happened to disco. Too much of a good thing. The genre wasn't really going anywhere and people kind of got sick of it and moved on. Trance felt, felt sad, you know, it's like, oh, why don't the people like me? I'm doing my best. So it went and hid underground. I mean, trance went underground. That's, that's where my story went. Trance went underground and the candle was being held by festival goers and DJs kept the world of trance alive. And I want to chat about one of these candle holders. It's pretty cool. His name's Armin van Buren from the Netherlands, of course. Armin van Buren began his music career in the early 1990s, where he would play at local clubs and parties in his hometown. The thing is, van Buren is a classically trained pianist and studied music at the University of Leiden. No idea where that is. Before pursuing a career in electronic dance music. And the thing about Van Burden, he copied this podcast. He just did it 19 years earlier. Yeah, he's got a radio show called A State of Trance. I should have thought of that name. Which has been broadcasting since 2001. He's on 100 radio stations. I'm only on one. And he reaches 400 million listeners. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But musically, Van Buren is known for innovative and forward-thinking approach to music production. Constantly pushing the boundaries of what is possible within the trance genre. He is constantly experimenting with new sounds, styles and techniques and has created a vast body of work that showcases showcases his talent and creativity. And so why not play a song of him? He's been holding the candle, he's been playing trance this whole time, he's been shaping trance as it's been hiding underground. This song is called Blah Blah Blah, and it's a breath of fresh air. It's playful and irrelevant, Irrelevant lyrics and upbeat melody provide a much-needed escape from the stresses of the world, inviting listeners to let go and lose themselves in the music. At the same time, the track's high-energy beats and driving bass line tapped into a growing appetite for dance music that was both musically complex and irresistibly catchy. We'll see you after. Paradise, delay, delay, delay. Oh, we have to hear from you. 
What's up? How do you like the song? Driving bass drum, right? It's pretty fun. Uh, yes, it's freaking cool. I don't know if he actually came up with that drum pattern, that low end. But if he did, it's freaking cool. Um, but yeah, trance was underground. It was scared. People don't like it. But people like Armin van Buren nursed it back to health and got it back out meeting people again, you know, and going out to gigs and then it went to a few festivals and it, it was now, it grown up a bit, so they were a bit sleeker. Trance was a little bit more fuel efficient. 
and it started bubbling to the surface. From Ferlin Raves to our own backyard in the Golden Bay, Aotearoa, trance is making a resurgence. And I feel like in the chaos of the times, it's a perfect timing. But I should address something, this whole podcast, talking about trance music. And it just feels like there's a hole, you know, something missing from the podcast. Like there's a big elephant in the room, staring you in the face. And he doesn't look happy. So I should probably address the elephant in the room and talk about Psytrance. Also known as psychedelic trance, it's a subgenre of electronic dance music that originated in the early 1990s in a place called Goa in India. There were a bunch of hippies that moved to Goa and it was they had a very a lot of counterculture movements there. And part of it, this counterculture movement was a diverse music scene. And this music scene in India, in a place called Goa, the scene was characterized by a fusion of different musical styles, including Indian classical music, rock and electronic music, and was fueled by the use of psychedelic drugs in a spirit of experimentation. Psytrance emerged from the scene. I mean, trance went through quite a lot at this hippie commune and emerged with a new name, Psytrance. And it was different. It was a different subgenre, characterized by a focus on hypnotic rhythms, swirly melodies, and psychedelic sound effects. The music was designed to be experienced in a trance-like state, with long and complex tracks that build gradually to a crescendo. Sounds like trance, right? Just a bit trippier. Trippier. Over the years, Psytrance has evolved and diversified, with different subgenres and styles emerging around the world. However, its roots in the Goa trance scene and its focus on creating a trance-inducing psychedelic experience remain at the heart of the genre. Psytrance has a vibrant and growing community of fans and artists in New Zealand. The thriving scene that has been shaped by a combination of local and international influences. The genre first gained popularity in the country in the late 1990s and early 2000s and has since become an important part of the electronic dance music landscape. One of the key factors that has contributed to the growth of Psytrance in New Zealand is the country's unique cultural and environmental landscape. I mean, the mountains, the sea, the lakes, the rivers. 
Aotearoa is, yeah, it's a stunning place, especially the South Island. Apparently it's inspired many local artists to create music that is deeply connected to the land and its spirit. This is this connection to the environment is reflected in the genre's use of natural sounds, such as bird calls and waterfalls, as well as a focus on creating a psychedelic, trance-inducing experience that is inspired by the natural world around us. Another factor that has contributed to the growth of Psytrance in New Zealand is the country's thriving festival culture. I mean, I've talked about this before, Yatra Festival. We went to, what, three weeks ago or something? It was a purely Psytrance festival, so the main stage was just Psytrance the whole time. Yeah, it was hectic. It was very cool. So, yeah, it's becoming a big thing. Psytrance is the new thing, I guess. And, yeah, like I've talked about, the, the festivals going on in Aotearoa are known for their welcoming and inclusive atmosphere with a strong sense of community and a focus on creating a positive and uplifting experience for attendees. In recent years, Psytrance in New Zealand has also been influenced by international artists and trends. The country has played host to some of the biggest names in the global Psytrance scene, and has also seen a growing interest in the darker and more experimental subgenres of the genre, such as horror Psytrance, which is nature-inspired, mystical, earthy, kind of hypnotic and unpredictable. Then you have something that's a bit more hectic, high-tech Psytrance, which is fast, futuristic, experimental, intense, and also unpredictable. Overall, Psytrance in Aotearoa is a dynamic and evolving scene. It continues to push the boundaries of the genre and create new and exciting music it is deeply connected to the country's unique cultural and environmental landscape. With a passionate community of fans and artists and a thriving festival culture, the future of Psytrance in Aotearoa looks bright and full of possibility. Possibility. <laughs> Damn it. That was my end moment. So it's approaching the end of the podcast and what I'm going to do is I'm going to play, I think it's going to be about a 20 minute DJ set, but it's by one of these passionate young Kiwis who goes by Grouch. And before I talk about him, I just want to say as always, peace, love, and be compassionate to yourself. And... Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Grouch, Maeteroa. He's based in Amsterdam now and is regarded as one of the most innovative and influential side trance producers in the world. His music combines elements of progressive techno and ambient, creating a unique and immersive sound that is both hypnotic and uplifting. So, 
This is actually the set that Grouch played at Twisted Frequency Festival over New Year's that I spoke about on this podcast. I saw the set live and I think, yeah, it slams. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy the set. And yeah, for sure, Crouch is a good cunt. That's the end of the podcast. We'll see you in a fortnight. Peace. Say, hey, bring, go. Can you take me across the board?
Yeah. 
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.